left fielders. This is the Infielder Spotlight Podcast, powered by Left Field Investors. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight episode, where one of our infielders shared their story with host Chad Ackerman. Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Infielder Spotlight. I'm your host, Chad Ackerman, and with me today is infielder Paul Miller. Paul, welcome to the show. Yeah, great to see you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We appreciate you joining us. We always enjoy these stories from our community and really appreciate you coming on to share. Why don't you start out with giving us the basics background? Where are you from? What do you do? Accreditation status? Those kind of things. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm married. We've been married for about 15 years. We live in Delaware, about 45 minutes from uh, Philadelphia. I am accredited with my wife and I, and we just started this journey a couple of years ago to really try to understand what does it look like once we stop our W-2 and how do we kind of create passive income from these types of investments. Yeah, no, that's great. What's the W-2? What are you in today? So I am a pharmacist and by training, my wife is as well, and I work in the pharmaceutical industry. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we appreciate you coming on. What we like to jump into is just hearing about the journey. Where are you today? How have you gotten there? What's your process been to get into this whole passive investing? Absolutely. So I touched on earlier, my wife and I, a couple of years ago, kind of took a step back and it really came down to to taxes and time. We were thinking about how do we maximize the time that we have with our kids, but at the same time, understand just the tax load that we're paying. And so it really started off by kind of setting a a big goal to say at the time we were like, hey, we want to see if we can leave our W-2s by 2030 and backing into what does that take? What would that look like? A lot of our money is tied up in traditional investments, 401k type stuff. And if you're going to try to get out of a W-2 early, you, you can't really get access to that, right? And so we kind of backed into it to say, how do we develop passive income and also maximize the taxes that we have? And so we do have one rental property that we've had for about 15 years where it cash flows a few hundred bucks. But really what it came down to is like, how do you do that at scale? So I really started getting into like, can I do this at scale? Where can I put investments if I take money and and put it there? And really it just turned out that it's not real scalable for me, right? Like, and I could take this money and put $50,000 into a syndication deal and cash flow a few hundred bucks and just kind of maximize my W2, right? And so that's where we ended up. We're kind of in this to say, hey, let's in the short term, maximize our W2, learn along the way, get into as many deals as we can throughout the years that we are and just build that snowball. That makes sense. I had that same epiphany of chasing the shiny objects of the single family homes and then realizing me and my W2, my kids at the age they were, it just didn't seem tangible. I, people do it. There are ways to get it done. It just it didn't attract me to it. And then when I found the passive investing side, that's when the light bulb really went on of like, oh, okay, I could put the same amount of money in, get the same results. Might take longer than some of the single family returns do, but I'm still getting to my goals at efficient pace anyway. And I don't have to put in all that labor and time and scalability is a question and everything else. I totally get it. Through your journey, what have been some of the resources that have helped you get educated, get into the process, have the confidence to go invest this money and so forth? What's that been like for you? 
Yes, I think with everybody, it's a bit of a journey. And so it actually initially started off by joining a group online that was focused on more, I'll say, active real estate investing and doing kind of a mastermind group with them with about 12 folks. And through that process, I got to learn a lot, like the assessment of property value, all that kind of stuff. But then through that process, just talking to the other folks that were in that group, I kind of became aware of like the syndication area. And from there, I was like, well, this actually sounds a lot better to me. And so from there, I started, you know, reading the books, right? It's like the standards that people say, listening to podcasts. One of the books that I really enjoy is The Passive Investing in Commercial Real Estate by James Candamacy. That was a really good one for me. I know a lot of people refer to the Brian Burke book, but this one seems a little bit more digestible for me. And then honestly, through listening to Left Field, I joined into the infielders and just then on the forums, just connecting with people. So then it just became, hey, can I talk to you? Look at this deal. Look at that deal. Understanding just deal analysis and what that looked like and just trying to get into it a little bit. And then just making those connections with people. And that's really been helpful. I mean, left field investors, I definitely wouldn't be where I am without the group before I tell a funny story. But before I wired that first deal, I basically posted and was like, hey, is anybody else in this deal? Can you just talk to me on the phone? And I was able to connect with somebody. And it just kind of helps with that to build that confidence there with somebody that's done this before. I think that's the biggest asset we offer to the community is just that forum, that ability to connect to like-minded people for that exact situation. Whether it's pre-cutting the check or post-cutting the check, at least they can't necessarily help you once it's done, but misery loves company or something if everything goes wrong and you're in it, at least with other people. But we hear that kind of story a lot of just knowing somebody else is in the same deal as you. There's that comfort level of like, okay, I'm not completely off my rocker here. I'm not the only one that found that there's value in this deal, it looks like anyway. So that's great. So when did you do your first passive investing? How long ago did you get into this side? A little over two years ago. A little bit of time. What about some lessons learned or advice you could give people that are starting out or whatever the case that you've picked up over those couple of years as you've been doing this? I'll probably answer this question maybe twofold. I started off early mentioning you like setting a big goal and trying to get there and backing into it. But underneath every big goal, there's kind of like a short term, a medium term and a long term. And I think that has really helped me and my wife not just understand where our money is going, but also set us up to get to those big goals. I'm just a big fan of what we do together is just kind of value-based budgeting. And the way that I describe that is to say, we're on a budget and we spend money according to the values that we have, right? Like whether that's experiences with the kids or a day-to-day purchase. And so the reason I, I say that's relevant is because every month I'm cash flowing through these deals, but I also have extra income that's coming in and I have a choice from that to where I put it. And every month I try to put it into my real estate investing savings account and it helps you make trade-off decisions so that I can get to those big goals quickly. So to me, that's kind of one of the things that when I've chatted with other folks, they're like, some people can be very bogged down by just how do I live my life and budget this way. But to me, I can tie it to that. It helps me get to the goals. And I think the other thing was just getting into a deal, right? Taking action. People say that all the time, but as you were thinking about the first deal that you're going through, and it's like, some of it is just, even if I lost all this money that I put into the deal, I'm still going to learn something from it and just move on. And I think that's where, to me, it's really helped because then I'm like looking at the numbers and saying, all right, this is what this means for me. I'm seeing the communications come out. I'm checking on it. I'm updating myself and my wife on what's happening. And so I think that's where, to me, it was just like, hey, I'm going to just get into something early on and then see where it blossoms from there. 
Hey left fielders, this is Julian McClurkin from Tribe Vest. I recently had the pleasure of sitting down with Jim Pfeiffer for a masterclass. I learned so much from passive investing to real estate syndications to how you can diversify your portfolio with a tribe. I also learned how this form of passive investing was only available to the wealthy until recently. If I learned a lot, you will too. Go to leftfieldinvestors.com and check out the masterclass button at the top or look up Tribe Vest on YouTube. I'll see you there. At BAM Capital, we democratize institutional grade multifamily assets for the individual investor. Since inception, we've averaged over a 31% annualized return net to our investors. My name is Ivan Barrett. I'm the founder and CEO of BAM Capital. I sincerely hope you go to the website, capital.thebamcompanies.com and check out BAM Capital. I think that's great. I think one of the things that attracted me to this kind of along those lines, I feel like it's a lot harder to lose all my money in these deals versus the stock market because say a hurricane goes through and wipes out my apartment building, well, there's still the value of the land. They could still sell that land for something and get some money back. The only way I really feel a risk of losing everything is if the sponsor I'm involved with takes my money and runs to Mexico or something like that, which is the beauty of the forum and connected with others to get to a point where you know, like, and trust the sponsors you're involved with. Maybe it's a false sense of security on my part. I don't know. But I feel a little bit of security that at the end of the day, it's going to be harder for me to lose all my money in these things. Maybe I break even, maybe I lose a little bit, but in everything I've had so far, not wood, it's gone very positively that I feel a little more faith in what I'm doing here than playing in the stock market where it could just go bye-bye in a heartbeat. But I think that's great. And I love your talk about the goals and so forth. I think in my case, setting those goals has really helped me discipline myself better too, because I know the direction I'm trying to go, what I'm trying to do. I can make decisions around that, that align to those goals that just keeps me in my lane better than chasing the shiny objects. And who knows where you end up? Like I'm throwing money at asset classes. I don't really know anything about. I've been able to like pull back the reins and know there's going to be another deal that fits in my lane coming around the corner. So don't just chase something because it looks exciting too. So I think those are two great pieces of advice. I think it's a great point around there will be another deal because I think early on, again, you kind of get this excitement of like, I want to get into a deal. You talk to a decent number of sponsors, there's plenty of deals for you to go in and, and look at, right? And so there will always be another one. And I think that's an important thing too. If there's something in there that you don't like, it's okay, right? Even if there's other folks that are jumping into it, for whatever reason that is, there'll be another opportunity. Exactly. I think that's great advice. That's good. So what about next steps? What's on the plate for you in the future here related to this space? You've talked about it a little bit, but maybe you can expand some. Absolutely. I think for now, my goal within my short-term goals are to get into two or three deals a year done that over the past two years. So in total of six deals now and continuing to monitor those across asset classes and different types of sponsors and kind of learn along the way. My goal is to get into two or three deals per year based on cash flow that I can generate. And then as deals start to go full cycle, just kind of continue to do that. And that's pretty much my goal, right? And I think the other learning piece of it too, as I mentioned earlier around the tax implications and all that kind of stuff, right? So working with my CPA through what that looks like, understanding kind of how the passive income is kind of being written off and depreciation is being captured kind of throughout that time frame, 
and just balancing some of that stuff to just optimize the tax return as well. So those are some of my short-term pieces. And then I love continuing to connect with people. So I mentioned to you before we jumped on that, like right now, I'm a little bit short on specific capital, right? And so I am looking at deals though, like I'm going to invest in them and trying to just hone the skills that I am trying to build, right? To say, hey, what if I got into this? What would it look like? That kind of thing. And just connecting with other people. I think one of the beauties of this group, and I'll just say the internet in general, is the, the ability and accessibility to people, right? That are willing to help you. And so just continuing to make connections is always a good thing for me as well. And then I think I'm super excited to come out to the meetup coming up here soon and uh, get to see everybody face to face. So I think that'll be another opportunity as well. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you're able to make it out. That'll be fun. Well, hopefully we put together some quality content for you guys too. But <laughs> again, our standing monikers were five guys making stuff up. So we'll, we'll do the best we can anyway. But no, that's really good. I really appreciate it. Real quick, you talked about your goals was cash flow. Are you focusing on cash flow deals right now? I'm just curious because we get kind of a mixed bag of equity seekers and cash flow seekers and that kind of thing. So I was just curious what you focus on. Great question. And my answer to that is it's a little bit of both. And so I'll give you kind of an example. For the large majority of the deals, it's pretty much a balance of kind of cash flow plus appreciation. I'm not necessarily looking for direct cash flow at this time for every single deal, partly because I don't necessarily need the cash flow to come in. But at the same time, in other ways, what I've started to do is to look at these deals to try to say, how can they help me reduce expenses off my books? So it goes back to like that value-based budgeting concept thing. So I'll give you like an example. We have a second home. We ended up taking a cash out refi on that. And I just did that because based on the numbers, I could take like half of the money that we cashed out and I can completely invest that, actually invest into ATM fund and remove that expense off of my books. And so now that's generating not only the money that I was paying for that mortgage, right? But now it's also generating a little bit over that. What that does is kind of like a double dip to build up your other investment fund. So things like that, I've been trying to evaluate the different asset classes that I'm learning about and do it that way. And so to answer your question, it's a little bit of both. But right now, I've been able to kind of think about a couple of things as I can remove some stuff off of my books from an expense perspective. Yeah, that's great. And do it tax-free with the money you're getting out of there, which is even better. Well, that's great. Well, Paul, I really appreciate you coming on and tell us about your story and where you are today, where you're going, everything else. Thank you very much for being a part of the show today. Yep. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening in today. And we'll see you next time in the spotlight. Hello, everyone. This is Steve Sue, one of the founders of Left Field Investors. I would like to sincerely thank you for being amazing supporters of our growing community. You all are at the forefront of the left field investing movement, where we take away the emphasis of paper investments on Wall Street by thinking differently and investing passively in real assets on Main Street. My wife, who wants to go back to having normal conversations at the dinner table, is thrilled and relieved that I've finally found other like-minded people who geek out about economic vacancy, reversion cap rates, and of course my favorite, IRR partitioning. Anyway, thank you again for traveling this journey with us, and please help us spread the word about left field investors. Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com, or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com. 
Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.